Alright, since we're here, let's test this microphone. <laughs> let's test this microphone, Chris. Could you How would you like to test it? I would like to smack you in the face. Okay, right. let's see what that sounds like. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a really weird really, reaction being slapped in the face. Really painful. It was worst ever. It was worst this. ever. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just gonna keep slapping you until you react. Ow. Son of a bitch. Piece of shit. The door is still open. You know, like, close the door. Hey, and welcome to Story, the podcast where we take a story or idea from one medium and adapt it into another. This week, we're doing Cloverfield. We're going to turn it into a triple A video game. So let's get in there. Let's do it. Let's drive straight in there. Into this triple-A world. It's, <laughs> it's a triple-A land. Uh, yeah, one of us has experience with that. Yeah, I, I, so I, I shipped the Mafia 3, which could be considered a triple-A game. Three A's in a row. Three A's. Um, I wonder where that came from. Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's probably like almost like a rating system, like a Michelin star, maybe. Yeah. At some point, someone was like, well, this game is the most expensive, so clearly it's the best. Isn't it college football is triple-A? I don't know anything about college football. Yeah, I don't know. I we should have researched that before we did this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Isn't minor league baseball triple A? Yeah, it's weird. That's it's like weird. what? Yeah. It's like all over the place. AAA, so what's major league? Is it like we four just A's? haven't made it yet? We're just, it's like VR. Oh man, porn is going to be <laughs> wow. It's going to be quadruple A. It will have to be interactive. <laughs> then it would definitely be. It starts four to get A's. weird when you start saying quintuple A. It has to be like five. So it would just change to five A's. There's also no agreement on whether or not you literally type out triple dash A or just put A A A like a battery. You know, when yeah. you're writing it or like writing an article or like writing a resume, because sometimes I see A A A and sometimes I see triple A. So no one's ever really agreed on Wait, what that is. Wait, what is it? Three dash A? No, or like triple, triple dash A. A. Oh, like T R I P L E dash A. Yeah. Yeah. Or just AAA, like three capital A's. It's got to be three capital A's. But there's no standard. So, like, one person yeah. might write it one way. Like, me and my girlfriend had a disagreement on which one it should be, so we just wrote it differently on our resumes. And so now there's, like, no standardization for that. Weird. Anyway, what's I a AAA know. game? I don't know what we're making anymore. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're resumes. We're getting new jobs. Yeah. Um, by AAA game, I... And you guys can jump in and tell me if I'm wrong or not. But I, th- I feel like we're talking about some sort of, like, high-budget, like, big-budget, graphically... It, like an impressive game that people would like pay sixty dollars for in, in like a big, big box store. Or something yeah, like I mean, you know, it's the equivalent. The game's equivalent of a blockbuster movie, right? Like right. where you, you know, you're sinking more money and more time and more effort into it. So uh, three year, four yeah. year time spans, like publishing time span. And but there's the hope of a greater reward. The right. game, you know, is super polished and it's very uh, high quality. The fidelity of it is very high. And, uh, you know, hopefully all aspects of it kind of congeal into being a good game. Yeah, so we're looking for 90 Metacritic on this game. 90 plus Metacritic. Yeah, obviously, sorry. Uh, and um, 95 plus. 3 million plus units sold across all consoles, PC. That's my that's so my internal metric. <laughs> we should not pick Cloverfield. That. Um. Well, well, no, actually, it's funny that you bring that up because we talked about it. And it's it's they've just kind of built a world. like Because between... The first Cloverfield movie and Ten Cloverfield Lane, which are drastically different story sizes and like scopes and stuff, they've just kind well, of built not, though. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's a, the, the thing about Cloverfield that's cool is like it's a gigantic movie 
set in a like that are low budget. Uh, it's essentially low budget for a Hollywood movie, right? Like, sure. I think the, the first two movies were like twenty five and thirty five million dollars, respectively. What's the next one going to be? I don't know, but it, it doesn't sound like it's going to be expensive based on the premise, hmm. um, which is just a couple guys are out in space and Earth disappears. Yeah, I mean, uh, according to the internet, which is kind of crazy, out. but that feels like a small scale thing as well, and. Um, I think we're kind of, you know, looking at turning a small-scale idea into a a highly polished, large-scale experience. Well, that's yeah. I think it's a good point. Is is that there? What what the franchise of Cloverfield seems to have done is like take these big, like a big budget monster movie. Like when the first one was made, we hadn't seen something like that in years since like Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And we forgot about the good genre on purpose, but <laughs> but then the second one was like you know, it's an alien invasion movie. But both of those kind of turn on its head, and you're not just focusing on the monster, you're not focusing on the sci-fi aspect of it. You're focusing on a much smaller, much more personal story. Right. That's about yeah. people who are just happen. It's like circumstantial. Yeah. Like the helicopters and all the missiles that are getting fired at this thing are happening on, on, on the side distance, of what's going yeah, on with the characters, which is. Which is nice. I mean, it's it's a nice way of tackling that kind of large scale story because it makes it a affordable, um, but b it's you know it doesn't it doesn't lack for excitement. Well, that's something I wanted to ask. Like, and I wanted to going to ask before we did the cast, but I thought it'd be more interesting to ask on on the show. Is like if we're talking about AAA, like the bad AAA game is like the one where you're the hero of the universe. You're going to save the world. Like everything revolves around you. And the story is just immensely big. Um, and the, the the more risky, you could say, AAA experience is the smaller story set in this large world where you've got a small cast of characters, sort of an emotionally charged character-based story that is happening in this crazy sort of landscape. Um, and so are we doing the, like, stereotypical kind of, like, um, um, tongue-in-cheek AAA game where you are a little, like, super soldier trying to kill aliens, or do you want to keep it more, like, I think true the, to the yeah. original experience? The spirit of the franchise is definitely that it would be a smaller-scale story told uh, as a, like, the larger-scale thing is a backdrop to the story. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree with that. Because uh, we're going to get into spoiler territory just to warn people who haven't seen uh, either of the Cloverfield movies, but uh, we're going to talk about both of them probably heavily, I would imagine. I can't imagine territory. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you look at the second movie, uh, and it essentially is um, a couple of things, but, you know, it's, it's really a story about... Uh, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's almost like set up by the premise... About this woman who kind of starts the story being like too weak to kind of like get out of a situation, right? Right, with her boyfriend, and then kind of like growing into uh, coming into her own, you know, out of yeah. necessity. Yeah, um, but it's standing a up to the sort of, sort of yeah, 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 and like you know that that's that's the that's what the story is essentially, and there's all these other elements thrown into it, like uh, you know John Goodman's character being. Um, Crazy and yeah, uh, and and you know, well, it's like killing women there. Yeah, um, there's a mystery to solve as well, it, it, and it crafts the sci-fi element like around the story it wants to tell with the character. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a 
the first one was about this guy who like was in love with one of his best friends and was about to leave because he couldn't be with her. It was like the end of his world or like his whole world was collapsing. Yeah. And then literally the world starts collapsing and he's trying to find her and hold on to her in all of that, you know. And then the second one, like Sean said, is about this girl who has who's just running away from her problems and then she gets stuck in this place with this guy that becomes a problem and she. You know, it's it's a story. It's a character story. She has to start confronting things head on, and that's why at the end she like decides she's going to go fight the aliens. She's right. not going to keep running from these problems. So yeah, that's a really good point. Like, so our AAA version then should be similar, where our main character has some sort of emotional issue that they're dealing with or refusing to deal with that then is reflected and mirrored in the larger like world state or like larger story. Yeah, the game itself is probably crafted around that idea. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, which uh, you know the, the first two movies were sort of, it seems like, uh, crafted around a very central uh, thematic idea that is then reflected in this sort of large-scale thing that's happening outside of that. Um, The thing I do like about the second movie is, other than a few shots in the beginning and the end, it's basically a a piece of theater. Like, it's one set. Like, I can imagine everything in the bunker being on stage in, like, a theater. Um, just because it's just the way that it's the entire thing takes place in effectively one small little location, whereas it's the exact opposite of the first movie where they're just like traipsing all the way through New York City, um, and you're getting different shots from different angles of like, you know, if our state building and and the, and the monsters sort of traipsing through downtown. Um, I've always really appreciated. Well, I really like when I watched that movie, the second movie, that I just loved how it felt, just like really just attached to one location that location location had so much personality it's reflected the personality of John Goodman's character so much um, and I could just see and the movie easily. itself is like structured in a way that is as how the character is like you know you don't know more than she does basically the movie starts uh, like she crashes and then she wakes up there and you're you're in the same situation and the whole the whole movie is him telling her, John Goodman telling her that shit went down outside, and you don't know whether to believe him or not because you know as much as she does about it. Right. And you find out everything that she finds out at the same time she finds it out. And the movie being all in that bunker means that you know it's it it feels claustrophobic. It feels like you never get to see. It's like when you see the door for the first time in the movie, it's like holy shit. Okay. Yeah. She can get out now. Like, right. And th- she didn't know that either until until then. She didn't know how far in the ground they were. Right. Like none of that. Well, you're, so, you and your you and the main character's emotional connect, like emotional states, are identical. Right. Yeah. Right. You see that first ray of sunlight, and you're like like excited and like nervous and scared about what could be out there, and that's probably how she's yeah, feeling. And like, that moment too. going just going to look out the window to see the state of the world is something we all want, and it's yeah. like it's the mystery, the suspense is being like drawn out, um, and you want to see that, and then she. She gets like pulled back from it the first time, right? Like I'm trying to remember the. Oh no, uh, she sees it, and then she sees the woman, and her face is like melting. So we yeah. are led to believe yeah, that the, yeah. the air is actually toxic. Right. So which is brilliant because then you are like, shit, maybe John Goodman isn't lying. Like this, it's so yeah. obvious that he's lying the whole time. He's being shifty. He's being weird. Like you know, he like ran this woman off the road. Like he's clearly antagonistic in some way. Wait, shit, he might be actually telling the truth, and it just totally throws away all of the like preconceived notions you have about what's going on in the world, which is just brilliant. That's what that um, that film does really well, is it kind of ping-pongs you. Um, like yeah. whether or not, keep, Every time you want, you don't think you can trust John Goodman's character, he, something turns out to be true, and then every time you start to trust him too much, the reverse happens, you know, like there's like a new element comes into play. Um, and I, I you know... I'm, 
obviously editorially speaking, but I prefer that one way more to the first one because there is the human antagonist, like, is the big part, you know? Right. So just thinking about our game, and it, you know, it's, it's harder in a game to have such a strong human antagonist, um, potentially, if we're doing a AAA game, depending on how we develop our mechanics and our design and all that stuff. But uh, I would err for something like that, you know, where it's much more about the human interactions, you know. The first one did have some of that, but it was much more walking around just trying to survive. Right. Um, but what's yeah. cool... And I think, but I think, honestly, uh, one of the things that, you know, the, the trap that you could easily fall into making a Cloverfield game into a AAA game is it becoming a shooter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I and wanted I, to talk about what the genre was going to be after we finished this Oh, discussion. well, I mean, we can we can keep going about this, but I do think that, like, there is room, just to kind of get to that later, for... Uh, not just like Mass Effect, for instance, has a lot of dialogue in it. Um, yeah, and and you know there are other things to do, but dialogue is part of it. That could be part of this game. Also, um, there are games like Soma, or uh, you know they're just they're just creepy, right? Um, uh, Amnesia. Uh, I'm mentioning all frictional games. Resident Evil Seven uh, has shooting in it and, and attacking, but like you wouldn't necessarily need that. Right, it's not a focus. Uh, a game like this, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, we could fold both of those ideas in. Like, I kind of feel like the sweet spot for a game uh, is between the two movies. Yeah. Like, the first movie is... You mean, like, timeline-wise? Well, or, like, potentially timeline-wise. We can talk about setting and everything. Sure, okay. Bit, but I think uh, in terms of, like, how the scale of it, because the scale of the first movie is clearly larger than the second movie. The second movie is basically three people... Uh, for most of it, and it's very low, low scale until she right, gets out of yeah. the bunker. That's, in which case, it goes like crazy. Yeah, the, that's the, the last like ten minutes of the movie. The scope yeah. of the event is the same. It's just the, what we see of it is much. Well, the yes. scope of the event's actually well. I guess you could argue one way or the other, but the scope of the bigger. event is smaller in the first movie because yeah. it's localized to New York, and then in the second right. movie, it's global, assumedly global. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention was. Um, Shoot, it's gone out of my head now. But, um, oh, that's what it was. The idea that in the second movie, you know because it's called 10 Cloverfield Lane that aliens are, it's got, it's connected to the first movie in some way. And us being who we are, we assume it's going to be aliens in some fashion, some sort of, it's not going to be a carryover character. It's going to be something large and like, like world building y that's going to attach those two movies together, right? So, the fact that John Goodman is saying, like, the world fell apart for, like, all these other reasons have nothing to do with aliens. Like, they don't come up in his, like, conspiracy theory talk at all. It's like, we got in a war with Russia and nukes got dropped or whatever his, like, thought processes on that. Um, but we, in the back of our heads, are like, it's got, it's aliens is probably what's going on outside. Well, he does mention like, it. I think he does mention it at least once. Okay, well, it's not like, it's not like that's his, that's right. the story he's telling. It's sort of pushed out of your mind. It's pushed sort of, like into the back of your mind that it might be something other than what he's saying um and then it's revealed yeah it's the aliens probably connected to the first movie in some way but like the question i would pose is do you feel like in our game we should even bother with that like is it or isn't it sort of like aliens or is it something else because like i feel like that because the movies exist that's sort of blown now right well and i feel like the second movie dealt with that and i don't think we want to tread the same ground because like the spirit of the movies is to try and do something different with a idea i think you right know, it's like how can we like what other stories can we tell against this backdrop of uh kind of global alien domination or like you know giant monsters attacking the city and like um this these world-sized events happening like 
but the smaller human stories being the ones that we're telling and like what story are we telling is is this game um through the mechanics through the characters that is sort of a new and an additional piece that feels like it fits in with every version of uh, you know all the cloverfield things like it, it feels like it should just go alongside of it um rather than tread the same ground yeah, yeah. I, I think that um I think I agree with that. We shouldn't just retread that, but but I think one thing that shouldn't be lost, and one thing that both the movies do really well, is that the distribution of information to the characters is very limited, which I think is cool and kind of helps ground the premises. In a really, it helps ground that human aspect because, like, you know, you see a lot of movies <laughs> yeah. where genre movies where, like, all of a sudden, like, the zombie outbreak happens, and then, like, you're watching the newscast, and it's like people think this is why it's happening, and right. it, no gives a shit. Yeah, That's not important yeah. in the story. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it can be, depending on how you craft the story. For the most part, it's. That's, you know, if, if, if for some reason a globally catastrophic, like, horror or sci-fi event happened in real life, the last thing I'd be thinking is, oh my god, how's this happening? You'd just be reacting to... It's just do. We're talking about right. making a new, the new... Yeah. And, you, and most of the time would not be in a... In, in, in the reality of it would not be... You're not in a position that the world leaders are going to know anything about it if it's sudden. And right. if they do know anything about it, that they're going to tell you. Yeah. You yeah. Know? We'd, you imagine that uh, all the stories across the nation will be fractured and, like, this little outpost heard this story and this little group heard this other story and a, like, totally different kind of rumor kind of mill mill kind of right. situation. And it's like the only way that a hu- like, a, like somebody in the Cloverfield way, uh, m- uh, movies would find out is, like, if we followed the Judd Hirsch character from Independence Day oh, man. the whole time oh, and then man, he somehow yeah. managed to get on a plane with the president. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, they started telling him all the stuff that he's not supposed to know. Right. But, like, most of those disaster movies have that built-in, like, get me the uh, get me the general, yeah. you know, uh, moment. Brief me on call. the files. Yeah. And then, like, somebody somehow uh, knows something about alien technology within 48 hours of it, like, appearing in the sky. Yeah, well, they give it's it like, a cold, right? What? <laughs> yeah. Goldblum yeah. just knows how to, like, hack into alien technology. Computer virus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, they, they're able to like launch that ship like 24 hours later. He just interfaces it with his like old Mac laptop, and somehow he's able to like. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's the best. So we're, we're clearly making that. Yeah. Yes. Independence Day, the movie. Cloverfield, the movie. The game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Independence, Clover. Never mind. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, that, was, that was a false start. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's a really good premise for, for a, a AAA game, regardless of the sort of genre or mechanics or whatever, is there's some small story where the characters are given information, sort of little tiny bits and pieces, and don't really know the full extent of the world state, and well, maybe you never of, know. Like, I think that would be, in like, the gameplay would be that. Absolutely, but I don't think we ever have to give the full, like... Exposition where you face no, the blacking no, out no, ten no. years ago. Like we don't need to do any of that. But stuff. because we're in a, a triple A game as opposed to like an indie game, I think we should see shades of that larger scope. You know, it's like we should have at least parts of the game that are like the third act of Ten Cloverfield Lane, or that are more like. No, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, like it, you know, you keep the story. You kind of they're set pieces. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not, a good way to put it. And you keep it more. You keep the story more narrow. Well, you, what you do then is you have the like you're doing a mission and you find like military survivors from a different platoon from like stationed across town or across the state or across the country or whatever and they have like reports coming in from what they had to deal with and you, you know it's completely different what you're dealing with in your little mission that you're working on so you can get information from like across the battlefield effectively from some group of survivors and it's just like reports on the giant you know 
monsters in the, in the mist that are just like killing people way off in the distance that you have no idea what's going on you know but I would say too that you you may be like um, you you, uh, you just get somebody on the phone you know that is there you know it's like, like you've been side. trying to get a hold of like somebody, one of the characters has been trying to get a hold of their aunt you know and they do manage to get a hold of their aunt uh, somewhere in there and then you get some information out of that but not anything useful to you well it's or, personal information but yeah it's but like it's like personal you, through, the, through the lens of a, 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 it, how it's happening to me you right. find out that it is globally or, or you know like it's affecting more than just the area or like what's over there before you get there sure and then later on in the game you get there and you kind of see the devastation that was wrought and like there are like things left over or something but it's like setting up um, but you know, you get you get that information. Yeah. What I what I like about that idea is that you get that information filtered through another person who is interpreting it their own yeah, way exactly, as well. So exactly. they might be incorrect, or they're seeing it wrong, or they've been told in- incorrect information, or something slightly off. So I like that idea of getting information through people as well as what you see with your own eyes. Yeah. Well, and and uh, and being able to sort of uh, the nice thing about having only like even even piece, two pieces of information from different sources like you're 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 seeing like missiles blow up in the distance or whatever and then you're talking to somebody on the phone and the, those are those are different realities to uh, you and and that person on the phone or is the person so, on the phone like where like the it gives you are? stuff it gives you stuff to kind of talk about in the game yeah. as well like where it's like you know which which of these these narratives do you believe yeah you know yeah, which cool. of these two things uh, do like the, the characters in the game whoever you're with or you know that you're meeting or that you're uh, stuck with are going to have different opinions about these things and like like you know one person getting get like believing the ant and the other person believing what they saw with their eyes yeah you know no so that it's totally destroyed it's yeah. like there's no point in going there like it just gives you a nice drama yeah so what's the genre? Is it a horror game? Is it like a third-person shooter? Is it like... I don't think shooting is involved. It I mean, doesn't feel like... It feels like if you put a gun in somebody's hand in this game, that's going to be temporary. You know? Yeah. It like... I mean, the, the Cloverfield movies don't have any shooting outside of other people shooting that aren't related to you guys. Like, they're basically running, ducking into tunnels. Yeah. Uh, going through um, a- areas where they're like things are happening around them uh, and people are dying around them uh, but they're not like they go into the quarantine zone in that first movie for a little while and right. like that something that attack happens and like the girl gets uh, killed against the screen and like the blood splatters the screen you know just like weird shit's going on clearly yeah, yeah. around you the whole time so what's um, the like core like mechanical like tent pole we put in the ground for this game like I'm thinking about games like Silent Hill and like uh, Resident Evil Seven was one that came up, uh, which I think is a pretty good what? another like modern Silent Hill esque kind of game. I actually so we were reading a little bit about the lore, yeah, um, before we started this, and, and like it's pretty deep. I mean, um, there's like a whole augmented reality game that kind of delves into all the stuff people have kind of parsed it, figured it out. The corporations behind it, put it up on the internet so that lazy people like us can just read, <laughs> uh, well, watch happened. a video or whatever. Yeah, to watch most um, of a video. Yeah, but some of the, the video we watched was too long. Um, but it was very. It, there's a lot of stuff to to be had out there. Yeah, and. and um, it's not relevant. We, you know, we also. It's not relevant to the actual story uh, that you're trying to tell. However, there are elements there uh, which I do think could lend itself to like a setting. And one of the things I was thinking uh, just now that would be cool is 
they talk about um, how potentially the way that this whole thing kicked off was uh, there was a company drilling for oil. It's, yeah. It's weird. I was thinking the same thing. And, uh, the oil rig is a cool set. And doing an, an underwater, an undersea oil rig or an oil rig out in the Pacific where you're trapped. Yeah. And there's still, like, you could you could accelerate things from that point. It's well, like, it feels like you could do a really cool kind of, like, the thing. Yeah. Based, like, like something that feels like the thing, the movie. Um, which is ironic, because what their name was in the sequel that I never saw. Oh, yeah, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, Mary, yeah. But yeah. something like that. The sequel is terrible. Don't watch it. Yeah, that's what I heard. The well, prequel, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's an alien yeah. alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's called The Thing 2011. All right, is that a joke, or you mean that? Well, it's in parentheses, 2011. Ugh. But it's called The Thing, again, because the first movie that they based the original Thing remake on was The Thing. So they're just trying to keep that going, but yeah. they didn't actually remake it. They kind of just made another ver- the another movie in the same So it's universe. almost like another reboot already? So don't they call it The Thing again, though? Huh. Yeah, it's really confusing. Yeah. And apparently really bad. It's not good. But what you were going to say about I, I just think that that's... It feels like making that kind of game... and. Like something where the kind of that paranoia weighs on you, you know what I mean? And you're kind of like, like like dead space without the fighting, you know what I mean? Where you're just constantly, and not every every the whole game would be like this. I don't. I think that dead space already did that well, and I don't think that that is true essentially to Cloverfield. But you know, like something with that sort of that really sort of on edge. You know, you can only play for so long gameplay. Dead Space is a really good example of a game where you're running through space fighting it's like a cyclopean incised tentacle monster and you don't have you have tools I mean they're effectively a standing for guns but like you have tools to wound it and escape but you for the most part of that game you're not like defeating the giant tentacle yeah. monster from beyond the stars when and, I feel like uh, okay, sorry, well I was just really going to quickly say like like when you guys were talking about the oil rig the first thing that came to mind was you're a worker on that oil rig uh, and the monster pops out and just like wraps its tentacles or its claws around the oil rig and starts crushing it and you just have to like escape like it's crazy things are go- like bursting into flames a lot of like dead space sequences where there's like a giant claw that just like rends through the wall and you have to like hurt it enough that it like retracts itself and you can hop through the like the hole in the wall and like trying to escape this like yeah. cage of like metal and fire and just like oil spraying everywhere and sea water hitting you in the face and like that being the opening sequence of the game where you're just trying to like get off the oil rig into the ocean or like into the dinghy or whatever while this thing like rises from the deep the first time like the original monster from the first movie like that's a pretty cool like set piece mission uh, and you are sort of an everyman. You're just an oil rig worker guy who might have a crowbar, like the Half Life, you know, like Gordon Freeman. Yeah, or I can see you know you like pinning the um, you know pinning part of the monster with like a, like a drill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like that that being a goal, like you gotta you know climb up a ladder and like things are hitting and you gotta get to get up there. And it's very uncharted, but you're like breaking while you're like you're like oh oh and you're like freaking out because you're like all things are like climbing up or falling down around you. See, but I would pitch that that's where the game ends okay yeah really where it begins is you're literally just drilling like at the start of the game it's like a slow burn it's a drill simulator game somebody like you you discover the thing you know you're like there when it happens like or something gets onto the rig and like it starts it's like alien where it starts off small that's like a mystery well it's a mystery partially but it's also like Imagine that, the, like, there's in the first movie, right? He he, he ejects the the, uh, the Cloverfield monster ejects all these pods 
off yeah. and then they like run along the ground or whatever. W- you know, what if that's like an evolution of like there's a smaller thing that okay. was an issue at first, and you know these are attacking people. It's kind of paranoid, and, like you, there's there's something you can hear uh, moving around, and you have to like exterminate them, and that's kind of your goal. And like the AI is really good, okay. so they can move around the ship. You have to find them. And, and kill them, but they like start clustering or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like you could, you could basically build, uh, but, like, but but because they keep evolving as the game goes on, you keep encountering larger monsters. Yeah, okay, I can see until that. it that turns into like them either waking up or becoming like a larger scale thing. But, but, and one thing that, that would would coincide with that, I think, is um that would be cool about setting on like an oil rig is that you could use the player if it's such a defined environment that you can explore and it's got boundaries and limits and I'm sure and it evolves as the thing goes on and maybe like you know you get access to a sub or you can go down to the lower you know like but you're only you're you're still very limited in terms of what you can explore but like if you kind of if there's a way you could to put that into the gameplay and kind of like set up this is where this thing is and this is where this thing is and kind of like bring a little bit of an adventure game aspect to it where it's like you know that you have to get back to that thing you know yeah. like I kind of think of a like I think Half-Life started out in a way where you're just kind of like on like a mining um, sort of yeah, you take the tram from the very... I just was playing this the other day. You start at the very end of where you're trying to get... Like, you start at the end of the game, you take yeah. the tram through... And you're, like, see all the rooms you're going to have to go through and all the robots and stuff you have to kill, like, on your way to the beginning of the game. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of, like, set the table and you can, have, you can explore, like, maybe the whole rig or... You know, doesn't have... Well, I'd say, exactly. too, like, you probably... Um, like, you start the game... Like, I would say that, like, there's a combination. It's, like, a little bit futuristic stuff that goes into it where like the rig is uh, like part of it is underwater that part of the drilling takes place sure there. yeah so like you start that. the game with like you guys are up there you're getting suited up in the suit you're gonna probably wear for the whole game is right like your, yeah your rig you know like yeah, a mining course. rig or yeah. whatever dead space did a good job with that kind of a thing where it's like you're just a miner um and uh, an engineer you, engineer sorry <laughs> uh but you work on a mining vessel Which that's true yeah like the Isaac, issue where it's like newton it's like isaac clark, isaac clark. clark yeah. Yeah, like really bold ballsy naming <laughs> but uh but that you you know you the the you've got to go you go down in through the elevator that you're going to have to then escape back up in yeah. a couple minutes and like you you get down there and like you you you're just kind of going through your business we're teaching you the mechanics of how to use the tools mm-hmm. yeah like that, that kind of a thing that's cool and then you uh you end up like you are the one who kicks it off? Maybe yeah. That's just fine. to kind of like, that's a triple game. A. That's a triple A. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be that you know you're the one who sustains everything. It's like you you're got you guys are all in this together. You're all doing things. Yeah, it's very Half Life. Where you like at the beginning, you go and you put your suit on. It's like okay, we're gonna do some tests on this crazy warp drive, and you push the button that starts the whole reaction. But there's guys in the con- like the control room. You're like, all right, we're gonna set the flow regulators to zero point five, and, and like it all explodes, and those guys die, and you don't. But like it is just you like you hit the button to start the machine up but they're in their console like messing with all like all the numbers and stuff so it isn't like your fault it's like a oops we screwed up the numbers we screwed up the math now we opened a portal to hell or whatever um but like <laughs> yeah. yeah but the idea it's of alien baby dimension or yeah well the 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 conceit of walking you through a space and then getting to the very end and then having to fight your way back out is super triple a and so i do like that idea of like you you start your day in whatever location you sort of go into the belly of the beast and then kick off this problem and then from there you have to kind of escape which you could sort of say is very sort of um 
reductive of like a system shock game or like Bioshock or Prey or whatever, but that feels AAA to me. Like that feels like a game that would exist. So, well, I mean, I actually feel like um, the, the, you talking about that just made me feel like one of the one of the mechanics that'd be really cool for this game would be um, I always loved uh, one of the one of the best uses of video cameras ever. And, you know, obviously these movies are... I mean, the first movie has a lot of, like, the video camera... Yeah, like um, handicam stuff. Handicam stuff in them, and the whole movie is shot that way. And then the second movie is much more of a conventional film, but, you know, it still has this sort of surveillance sort of feel to it just because it's shot in one location and, and you know, feels like you're, like, spying on people sometimes and they're talking about things. And um, So it might be cool in Aliens, uh, in the second Alien movie... There's this sequence where they're kind of at a bank of monitors, just watching all the helmet cams. Oh, and they all like go off one by one. And yeah, and you can kind of see what's going on elsewhere. But it might be cool in this game to sort of have that available to the other people. So while you guys are like searching the station or whatever, like, someone else is like in your ear, being like, or you can you can access camera oh, and see what's going on with them. That's cool. And then like maybe have to find out like like figure out where they are, okay, uh, where they went. Like based on like you see something terrible happen on the camera on the side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah Chris. Yeah. You guys looked at me like I was supposed to say something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both at the same time too, actually. Yeah. But yeah, I think that would be cool, and um, I think that uh, really this 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 game the setup. Um, do you remember the book and movie Sphere? Oh yeah. It's reminding me of that too. So like. I think the sense that you're stranded. Man, you know it's a, mean? Good, it's a good pull, man. Yeah. Sphere. Wow. Well, no, it's great. It's it was good. literally the first book I ever read. I was like 13, I think. Yeah, I read and it. It took me too. like a year to read it because it was like 400 pages. The first book I read on my own outside of school. And uh, so it stuck with me. I like the first I, book you ever read. It just like, it's like ABCs or like colors and well, shapes. Well, first, like, <laughs> first like novel. Um, but it is kind of a similar premise, and like, but and it gives a goal. You know what I mean? It's like you have to get out of here. That's your that's your end game. Yeah, well, you know that's, I mean? like, and that's where I feel like uh, maybe there's a maybe there's also like we gotta get the fuck out of here sequence, like right after the elevator thing, and like you, we we, we discover something. Oh, okay, get off the fuck off! And they all run to the helicopter. Right. And then some guy, some asshole, just takes off with the helicopter. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I think like, it's like batted out of the sky, right? Like, but either it gets batted <laughs> out of the sky or like the things swarm it. You know, right? Like, that's yeah. kind of the first big like, and it crashes into the sea, and it's like, fuck you, Jason. Yeah. No. That's great. <laughs> like, so is this oil rig like I, I in my brain I'm seeing it like like Metal Gear Solid 2 where it's like big shot like the entire thing takes place on like multiple sort of oil rigs that are all attached or like mother base right where like they're all attached by walkways and spaces you can enter and look yeah, but it's like the like whole game like... might take place on this oil rig because it's, it's under the water you can kind of like use a submarine to go down and maybe you see a giant eye open on the seabed or what some weird shit right well I think I think you know there there's um it, it, the idea is, if this has not been found, like, if, if, we're, if we're discovering something really s- sort of super hidden on the Earth, right, this being a very remote location where the guys live there and work... Okay, yeah. ...would probably be the best way to do it. Because then, it's like Antarctica, like, that's part of the reason the thing works so well, is like, the, you know, uh, there's not really getting away. There's no away. help coming, yeah. Um, and, and, and setting that up pretty early on and making it so that it is more of a sustainable sort of place to live where there are more than just you know clock in clock out um oil rig kind of like i don't know what the fuck 
people on a royal rig do. Sorry, yeah, we should have done a royal rig. Royal rig. They don't listen. Uh, they don't have the internet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely not one true. Thing that's that, definitely uh, not true. Nobody on an oil rig has the internet. Apparently, <laughs> yep. um, sorry, oil rig people. Uh, the the um, but the idea that like. You know, there's a there's a, a bunk area, and yeah. there's like it sounds uh, like a biodome. Yeah, a little yeah. little bit of that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be like super futuristic. It could just be like, I mean, I feel like well, the way that mother base is just a very large oil rig, and it's futuristic in its size and it's like grandeur, but it's still like I could imagine that existing somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's like they're repurposing the oil rig mother base anyway from the Metal Gear Solid Five is repurposing the oil rig aesthetic and like they built it out of those materials in the way that you would build an oil rig in the middle of the sea so that they could have a base there. Right. Um, but other things went on it than oil drilling yeah. equipment. What I think would be cool, too, um, and we were reading about the mythos before this, like, if it kind, we kind of talked about it, but I don't think it's been solidified, is if, if this was, like, the original Cloverfield monster and, like, the, the awakening site or whatever. Yeah. Like, if we worked for... What's that fucking corporation's name? Targuardo. Eduardo. Eduardo? No, it's Japanese, I think. Maybe Targuardo. I wasn't serious about Eduardo, by the way. It was a joke. Was a good goof though, yeah, yeah. Sorry, anyway, that's sorry, that, that, Eduardo's. I'm just apologizing this whole time. Ed, man, Eduardo's that are on oil rigs are gonna be real pissed at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're mining for them, you know, um, on that whatever it was, C, C, C tac, no, C, the the satellite, C sat, C sat, it was C cucumber. Yeah, C. You talking about the satellite? Whatever the no, the C nectar, whatever the hell it was called that like the made the. That was like eating thing. the sea yeah, nectar. Yeah, yeah. They put the ingredient for slush out. Like that's our job. We're we're mining for that. You know. <laughs> yeah. I can't so, believe that's real. I can't believe that's real. It's this like thing not, on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. In the, in the universe of the movie. But it's like something that'll be on Futurama. That's my point. It's it's so absurd. <laughs> yeah. It's so like tonally absurd yeah. compared to the rest of the tone of the movies. Like you're mining, not even mining, but like on the bottom of the seabed is some sort of sea nectar that is so delicious you turn it into like. A frozen beverage for humans. It's just and, that, and, and it's called slusho. Yeah, like, it's, really? yeah. <laughs> that's the part that freaks you out. Is the well, name? I mean, it's, <laughs> the guys at the uh, beginning of the game are definitely drinking slusho. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like there's slusho all over. Like there's like, like, heavy branding slusho cans yeah. just everywhere. And Kelvin, it's uh, Kelvin is the name of um. It's like a J.J. Abrams thing, I guess, where he his grandfather was named that or something. So like he puts it in everything and like. That's the name of the gas station in the uh, in the in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh so man, it is like a Kelvin dr- drilling rig. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Or it's a subsidiary company of Teguero or whatever. Yeah, Teguero. But anyway, that's <laughs> not right. It's not even close to right. If we're if we are just a miner, kind of like contracted for them, and like we're kind of disposable yeah. in that sense like they, they, the guys in the helicopter leave and it's like the suits yeah they just you know? like write it off right and yeah. then we could have a character who's like what's it, uh, Paul Reiser's character name in, in Aliens like Burke is that Burke, his name yeah, yeah Carter like, Burke I'm with could the be, company there could be a character like that and then we're left with like other miners and like a Burke-like character. It's funny. The first thing I thought of was the lawyer character from Jurassic Park who dies on the toilet. I don't want to rip aliens oh, yeah. off. 100%. Well, no. Like, but, yeah, let's get some Jurassic Park in there. But <laughs> that he doesn't have to be. He could be with us. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he gets on our side. He doesn't have to be the, the complete antagonist the way Burke is. But like, uh, kind of tying into that though is that with the, we're talking about the environment and the and the setting, and it's like you could have you could have restricted access. Do you know what I mean? So there's places you wouldn't necessarily have access to that maybe you get access to as you. Get that ally later in the game, right? Or yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so you could still. You can like he might be like trapped somewhere, and you have to rescue him. Right. You know, with him comes like the blue key card to get into the lower levels of the thing. The, the, so this is again, we, I go back to my question earlier. Like, 
tra- a traditional like AAA game that we have all played would do that, where like you have the like really snivelly, weaselly suit character who knows more than you. F- you get all your exposition about what's going on through him. So we can totally do that if we wanted to feel very like traditional like AAA, or do we want to be like no, 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 no? That's what a AAA game would do. We're gonna do something different. Well, I think that you know the the problem I have with it as an idea is just that uh, it feels like it's not fitting in with what the franchise does. That's the thing to choose, right? Like, one thing is on the franchise side, and one thing is on the AAA game style side. Depends on how you play the character, though. If it was, like, his... If he's new... But I wonder, so what, what, is your, I mean? like, what is your argument, though, uh, uh, Sean, about, like, why you don't feel like it fits the... Because of what we talked about, the, this distribution of information, kind of? Well, no, but... I, but yeah, and yes. I mean, I feel like you, you earn it less if you have somebody around who can tell you things. Um... You know, for me, like getting somebody on the line a quarter of the way through the game who won't tell you anything, and that's all you get, is more in line with the franchise as a whole. And then, like, you have to go seeking these answers out. Again, I think he, it depends on how you play that character. If they have limited knowledge themselves, like, Mm -hmm. I think of uh, The Mist. And the MPs in that, mm-hmm. like the young guys who were just floating with the, like, the cashiers, and they didn't know shit. They happen to be involved, so they know a little bit more than the public, but they're still lower level. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they end up getting killed. But, like, if it's that kind oh, of thing. for the mist, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go watch the mist and then. Rewind. Then come back, pause this. <laughs> yeah. Now that you've already been spoiled. Go <laughs> watch the mist and the most excruciating part of the mist. Yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel like you could, the way you would want to do that to. to sort of answer Sean your criticism about that as a as like a device would just be that he doesn't have access but it's he like only overheard conversations from other people or like it's maybe not a guy in a suit it's just like the foreman and the foreman is, a, is one of you guys like he's a blue collar like sort of average character in the, in the in your group and he doesn't have special access to anything but he's overheard like the G-man in the in the like meeting room talking about project purity or whatever and so he has a little bit more information and you guys can all sort of like wonder about what, what that what, means what information are we getting I mean like it doesn't ha- I don't think it we has- just found this thing out I mean according to what we talked about earlier so there's no there's nothing to get other than what's like like what is happening on the rig is well, the you can get larger happened. world state information about like the knowledge about the creature if you I, wanted it. And I don't think he has any information. I think that in the spirit of the kind of human stories, like mm-hmm. if there was some sort of social dissonance in the pre-existing world of this game, like he could just be the white collar guys to our blue collar guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like he and he could he could have access to another area or something eventually that he was scared to tell you about earlier. So, something like that. It doesn't have to be that he's the antagonist in that realm like he's not actively trying to keep us on here you know what I mean right. it's just it's just trying to I was just trying to think of a somehow we could use him for like gating parts of the environment and then b like just p- running out our cast a little bit so it's not just your minor people you know what I mean so there is there is a, like multiple possibilities for human um well, and that's, I mean, that's something that, like, I think we should delve into then, uh, like, the human the human element, because I think that's going to sink or swim the game yeah. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I can see, like, one of, like, uh, Alien Isolation was, uh, was really good in a lot of ways. One of the things that drove me crazy was, um, well, A, having to, having to deal with the androids every, God, like, it yep. just felt like filler. 
Yeah. And uh, and it was annoying to boot. Yeah. But I think the human stuff that was there, uh, it kind of worked and it kind of didn't work. It was almost like a missed like opportunity. It, put, it, was, it felt like a missed opportunity yeah. to me. Because I was like, I really like the idea that like people are uh, so afraid that they're just starting to infight and fighting each other. And we could get a, a section out. I think it would be cool to do... You know, it, rather than doing a thing like you just have waves, there's so many people in this thing that you could just make up a faction of people to shoot or hurt or right. whatever. It would be cool to kind of individualize those things. Kind of, I know this is going to be a weird comp, but kind of the way that the original Dead Rising did, where there's like the, cl- the giant clown that juggles chainsaws or whatever. The human Not bosses. That, yeah, exactly. But there were like these human boss people. And like, it was ridiculous in that game because it was intentionally ridiculous. But like, it could be cool to have a guy like um, freak out and run off yeah and he's just trying he's just sabotaging shit trying to get off the thing and he's just he's just an afraid person right you know and that's just somebody you have to deal with who's causing consternation for everybody else on the on the rig or you have a, a faction of people who kind of break off and then now you're like you have to go into their section of the rig well I do like that idea that you might have sort of touching on my, my concern earlier from the Walking Dead stuff but you do have different agreement like different thoughts of what the best way to solve this problem are and instead of having a like dialogue wheel who's right in this situation kind of thing a bunch of people are like okay fuck you guys we're gonna try our plan you can try your plan and die here if you want see you later and they're just gonna bail yeah. and maybe they take some stuff you need like resources or something um, and go out of their don't go out of their way to sabotage you but like are getting in the way of your plan so you need to get something back from them or they've taken something you need or whatever. Well, it changes up the, the dynamic of moving around the rig because I don't feel like the rig is going to be big enough to really... Uh, You're going to have to re, re, yeah, recycle some Things places. are going to have to happen. Like, one of the struts is going to collapse. You've got to figure out a way to get across to the other strut that it used to connect. Right. You know, uh, 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 halfway through locations. the game, you know, some guys could take over this thing and you have to get into it and to get something. And so, like, you just have, like, a that going back there feels like a totally different experience the second time you're in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that could be a really cool way to kind of just change it up without, you know, I, I feel like um, avoiding, you know, one of the things that, like, horror games are... It, the horror games in general, I feel like uh, the, the the sort of ones that they're they make they make you feel powerless is yes. is good. Yes, but I also really like when you have some power. Like one of the best um, the best things in the Alien Isolation is spoils for Alien Isolation. You get a flamethrower, like a little bit, like literally they gave it to you. Like we were playing the game, Harrison and I, and like we get we get to the point where we're f- so frustrated with not like just dying all the time yeah, we and, put it down. and reloading we we stopped for a while and then we picked it back up and we got a flamethrower like 10 minutes later and that made the game totally palatable again for a while you know um, and palatable is probably you know not a, not the kindest word but yeah. I mean like it, it just made it so that like you had some way the alien didn't stop uh, trying to come after you but you could at least defend yourself now yeah well the thing that we always had a problem with in that game is that the alien there was always a turning point when the game was done like you would die the alien sees you in a certain place or a certain way you can't hide the game's fucking over prepare to respawn like there's no like in a lot of Metal Gear Solid type games if you fuck up you can be like oh shit and kind of like try and rejuggle those plates and kind of unfuck the situation a little bit yeah uh, but with Alien Isolation 
uh, and, and a lot of horror games like that, is as soon as like the jump scare happens and you've already fucked yourself, you might as well reload the game. But with the flamethrower, you didn't get a ton of like like uh, fuel for it, but if you used it wisely, you could just get that thing to run away from you. You couldn't kill it, but it, could, it would frighten it away so that if you got caught, you could kind of unfuck the situation sometimes. So you still felt, like you said, have a little bit of power to have your own fate in your own hands in those moments. Yeah, and to that end, I feel like, you know, one of the, one of the things you could do with a AAA game that I don't think anybody has done, and I might be wrong about this, but it could be really cool to, to sort of just... The mechanic uh, for dealing with a person isn't... Flamethrower. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it's like, you know... Uh, it's not. We'd have to. We could come up with some stuff where it's. You know, there are ways to get past them by locking them into rooms or to, um, you know, like choke them out. Yeah. Uh, or hit them with have the wrench. Um, and that kind of depends on how you explore and how you find things. And like, it's kind of up to you. You know, there's a couple of attacks you could take to kind of deal with it, but it's not. Um, it's not just stabbing them. Right. You know? It's like, it, it feels like they're still your friends. Like, you, you had disagreements, but, like, they're going to knock you out and, like, put you in a hold if they find you and you're going to just not get off this thing. So, like, that's the that's the fear. The fear isn't that they're going to kill you. You know? The fear is that they're going to just find you. Yeah. And in addition to that, like, you go all the way in there. You get all the way through. You finally get what you need. And then the monster's... A new monster attacks. Right. You know, yeah. You, you can definitely out. puncture those moments with big monsters. But attacks. you're not going to fight the monsters. I mean, like that's I think the thing that like we need to like. Is there a way you could make a mechanic mechanically interesting to play a game where you're just dodging shit and running away? I think you can fight them. You just fight the small. You fight the smaller little pods that pop out. Yeah. Like you can well, stomp, use your, use your dead space stomp and just like it's all melee <laughs> and like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really <laughs> intensely crushing those boxes. And I think one thing that. I've always wanted to see in a game it's really hard to do but like it's to kind of subvert the thing that like, you have a gun but you only get eight bullets and that's it you know what I mean yeah. like you, you can even find other bullets and like they don't fit the gun because why the fuck would they right why would there be more bullets or just like a rivet the same gun, gun all over the place yeah. do you know what I mean so it's like it's and it's really hard to do but like you arm the character or the player with a certain amount of things and you can exhaust all of those resources. Yeah, it's up you know to you I mean? when you use them. Yeah, you have to play effectively. It's kind of like the flamethrower, but limited. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to play effectively and you can't just rely on your inventory. You have it, you know what I mean? But you can't just rely on it. So, you know, like, um, there's other ways around things. You can sneak. There's still a lot of stalls. You have to rely on that a lot. But um, I was thinking of this game. I think we've talked about it before, Harrison. It was for PlayStation 1. It's called Clock Tower. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And that was a really cool survival horror game um, in a lot of ways, like, because there was this guy just chasing you with scissors, and you could show up kind of anywhere at any time. Yeah. And in some rooms, you'd go in, and if you figured it out, you could set up a booby trap in case while you were exploring in there, he came in. Yeah. It would never kill him, but he would, he would, it would always, like, allow you to get past him and, or there'd be like hiding spaces that you could find and if you heard he had music that played so if you heard him come you'd get in the hiding space and sometimes he'd kill you in the hiding space if you, you cut it too close but like that, that kind yeah. of cut it that kind of mechanic like no. I think god damn it <laughs> what would be cool and it and I don't want to get too much behind the scenes um, but things we get become unproducible right because obviously when you play a game you just want to be able to do everything at all times but that all has to be accounted for in the production of the game, which is almost impossible. Um, but, you know, kind of 
allowing that as much as possible. You know what I mean? Like, you have to rely on this, but you do have these things you can use in a pinch. You run out of them, you're fucked until you find another one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think could be cool to help. And, and, and to, I mean, alien isolation kind of works that way. It's like, you know, you, there's a risk reward where you can explore more and find more stuff to fight the alien with or, or, or you know, but, but you can't explore too much because if you if you're just making noise or you're you're sort of uh, out in the open just like ex- like looking for stuff the alien could find you right so it's kind of like this you push yeah. ever further out and it gets riskier and riskier the more you do that yeah and i think that you can definitely have those cool dead space-esque moments where like you're walking around and suddenly a tentacle bursts through the wall and like the whole deck of the of the oil rig like collapses and you start sliding down towards it yeah. and you grab like a like a nail gun or like a piston gun and you you use that as a big like ka-chunk ka-chunk like weapon like a big gun and you you know you piston his arm to the wall and then you fall into the water and just lose that gun forever like that was only used for that one specific like like tentpole mission that, that one tentpole like boss fight and then it's just gone forever you fall into the water and it's just gone um, so you can have like weapons and guns and like firearms and stuff that then you just lose because of the cutscene that happens afterwards it feels, it feels appropriate like you get like a big pitchfork loader at the end and you fight the <laughs> get away from her you bitch <laughs> you can't I mean I think I think that crafting moments like that I think linear uh, sort of moments like that get a bad rap but I I, I just I like if you put them those like, things you, you, you use them to like pay, just for pacing change right like yeah and there's I mean there's cinematic and they're cool and I think if you spent time crafting those moments yeah. individually because like a lot of games rely on their mechanics the entire time and then there's one of those moments and it sort of just feels like out of place yeah whereas like if this game uh, if there's a if there's any kind of mechanical system that um taught you enough about like it you know use like a grab button and like we set up the scenario in such a way that you could see what to do um or had to figure it out in some way right then you use the mechanics you already have to kind of make that we could kind of craft the experience of those to be a little bit more involved than just a qt whatever you want to call it absolutely yeah but at the same time i mean you could build you could build a mechanic around those moments like dead space uses the the visual language of the like yellow glowing weak spots right Right. they teach you that really early on and then you get into a boss fight there's no tutorializing that it just shows up as a mechanic that you learned way long ago and they just have to go well we hope you learned this from a long time ago because we taught you a specific mechanic outside of a boss fight, and now we're putting you in a very specific moment where you have like thirty seconds before the whole floor collapses, and you have yeah, to you're getting it. dragged by a yeah, giant exactly, tentacle, right. or like uh, you're you know you're being hung upside down. Yeah, um, you just shoot; it'll drop you on the ground. I was thinking about that that sequence in uh, Last of Us, which, which which was one of my favorite sequences, where you go to that guy's bills. Yeah, place and you get caught and Joel gets oh, hung yeah. upside down and like kill all the yeah. zombies. All upside yeah, and down. it still yeah. uses the shoot mechanics, but it's like it's and it's such a to me. I loved it. Like it was so like 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 a, like a the hell is that word? Adrenaline. It's, yeah, like my it's, adrenaline it's fired intense. off. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, and I think then when they are done well like that, and you set them up, and you don't you don't like usually when they're done well. The player's interacting with an environment piece or something for another purpose. You think that's what it's for. Yeah. You have an understanding of what it does, you have an understanding of what the purpose of it is. And then it becomes available for another purpose right. all of a sudden. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the mechanics are there, you understand how to use it, but you're now you repurposing totally. it. And it's like, it's when you don't set that up that it feels too jarring and too stupid. And well, too I think crafting crazy. a game around that idea would be really uh, in line with the franchise. Like, 
there are, we're, we're basically crafting all the mechanics in the game around moments uh, that are going to happen and then other things like just knocking a guy out or like uh, opening a door or just all these kinds of things that like build to bigger and bigger beat, beats uh, where you sort of interact with these creatures could be a really cool way to do it because I feel like from a pacing standpoint one of the things that horror uh, games uh, so, I mean, some of them are better than others but like um, actually Until Dawn was one of the best uh, at this weirdly I don't know if anybody's played that but um, it's uh, it, there were these long stretches where you just walk down a hallway um, and that was the whole thing was just to get from one place to another but nothing happened but it always felt like something was going to happen and you he's like really just, know when just, it was can something just happen please so yeah. I can just like release yeah. all this energy that I've got and I don't think you know as a triple A game I mean Until Dawn was a triple A game but it was very much a cinematic game um this feels like you could get away with just crafting those moments around the way that the game is made and not not for jump scare reasons but to kind of control the pacing in a way where everybody's tense mm-hmm. and you have sort of AI controlled uh, little monsters roaming around that kind of pop out now and again yeah but that's not something that's always happening and it's not driven by any kind of trigger system like right. um is normally the case in games like you know normally it's, it's like, like a scripted we, we are scripting a moment where you hit a trigger and then this thing happens it's like in the first Resident Evil when you pass that one window the, the dog jumps through and you face like, exactly right, right. Yeah. right. those happen all over time. games I mean, you, you can have those but I don't think that's the f- crux of the game or like the, like the meat of the well, game well those are I think you reserve those for when exactly. like, special moments are, are going to happen and then there are other systems at, at play that are all inter- integrated uh, in terms of like just ma- maneuvering around and exploring and picking up objects and using them that uh, play into those moments yeah I think also if we have the opening or not even the opening but at some point if damage is done to this rig like you'll get a lot of tension out of just the place falling apart yeah like I mean again we don't want to have the big monster attack right away I do like your idea of sort of pacing that slow the slow burn but if there are like the struts start to fail and then something else buckles and then a room is just like engulfed in flame because a pipe burst and like like fuel went everywhere and then like just that slow like this place is becoming a fucking death trap. We need to get out of it before it just falls apart around us. Is we're going to get a lot of that sort of like fear and tension and just like roiling anxiety before you see any giant claws rip through a, a right. wall, right? right? And just navigating it then becomes an issue, right? You know, which is fun. I see a cool puzzle like where if we in the first act, like maybe even before things kick off, we see like a submarine, you know, and we know like we know that that exists, exists, and yeah. then the attack happens and it gets separated from the base, mm. and then you have to get into like a deep sea dive suit and you only have a certain amount of air you only have a certain amount of time you have to get to the thing but you can't really see in the water you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. fuck the way you do that then I love that idea the way you do that is it's nothing in the water it's just a straight shot in the distance and you have just enough oxygen to not make it and then you start choking and your vision goes black like as you're like right at the thing and you have to push the button like you're just dying you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. you time it out perfectly if you just push the button and go and forward there's like a Cloverfield monster foot yes yeah like, totally yeah just like, like swimming it by you, you know at some point that would be a good place for a trigger yeah like it knocks you off away course, from your course, and you have to like yeah. 
you're spinning yep. in the water. You yep. have to kind of figure out where you're going. Yeah. You know? So you so you your little oxygen bar is yeah, like yeah. slowly depleting. You're starting to get really nervous that you're not going to make it. But you, you you will make it if you just keep going forward. But you are you, your oxygen empties out. You start getting that choking animation. Your vision goes all blurry right right as you get to the submarine. You know? But it would be cool too to know that to have that information and maybe you can make it. But you do see things moving around. Oh, below totally. You. Yeah. So you're like for shit. Out. You know what yeah. I mean? So like as a you player stop. as a player you have you're reacting to the things you're seeing. Is that going to hit me? Is that going to interact with me? But you also know that you're going to run out of... You can't just stop. But then you can get into the sub, and it's like, well, we got in here, but it doesn't have... You, and then the player might think, well, why the fuck don't I just take it and get to the surface myself? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But maybe there's only enough fuel to get back to the base right. and then fuel up. So, like... And then you have another... So why did I go after it in the first place? Well, because you can get back. You just have to bring it back. Maybe you're trying to, to pick up your up friends. To pick, to yeah, you were the one told... There's only one suit. You have to go get the thing right. or, yeah, the yeah. or something. So... But I think there's all kind of cool kind of set pieces that we can make like uh, that. I love the idea of underwater and like big like tentacles and feet or whatever. I guess yeah. rad. And, there's and you know, being there, underwater, or having to go into the half flooded, um, you know, like something's down there you need. Yeah, and it's half flooded, it. and I gotta go down there if I'm gonna get out of here. So yeah. you go, you wade through. Like what the fuck is under the water? Yeah, um, and you know you just see like shapes go by in front of you. Yeah, like yeah. and you see you start to see things being outside the windows. Yeah, you know down there and uh, and is it going to collapse? It's all the jellyfish. Maybe you can here. make it collapse. Maybe you actually do something where it's like, um, you know, you can blow out. If you shoot the windows too much, they'll blow out and you'll die. Yeah, that's cool. You know, like it could be. Well, we're not shooting, obviously, but like. Whatever it is, like there, there, it would be nice to introduce a thing where it's like you actually have to pay attention to that. You actually have to. Yeah. You can you can kill yourself by accidentally not being careful. Right. If you're just swinging your axe wildly around. Yeah, exactly. It's like don't hit the walls too many times. You make a really really clear sound effect. Like you're gonna you're fucked if you do this yeah, much more. That's cool. Um, that'd be cool. So we're rounding the hour mark, but I had something I wanted to bring up before just to just to like put a bow on this package is we talked a, a while ago about this. Uh, emotional core where the main character has some sort of emotional thing that they're dealing with or not dealing with and that sort of is reflected uh, in the game state as, as a whole and we've talked about the game state itself kind of like this oil rig that's kind of falling apart and you're a sort of worker on it and the goal of the game is to just get away because the Cloverfield monster is going to make his way to New York um, but I, I don't know if there's any, any time to just chat about what we feel like as our main character our, our, our protagonist and his what his issue is or what his like emotional place is if there's any like thoughts that come out of your heads quickly I think about, about that you know um, I used to be a cook and like certain kind of jobs attract certain kind of people and it feels like this is a kind of labory kind of job a day day labory kind of job you know and it and some people invite that sense of like isolation like they just go somewhere it's like like uh, with the crabbers like the deep sea crabbers yeah, like that kind of person like something. that kind of nomadic like they don't a lot of you know it's just Firewatch. You shouldn't make Firewatch. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't played it, so I don't know. He's just running away from his problems. You know? I was thinking the same thing, though. Uh, but, I mean, it could be interesting uh, to start in a place where isolation is the goal, but the collapse means that getting back to... Like, if the if the character, for instance, is the one who doesn't really talk to people on the rig... Yeah, yeah. he's a quiet one, yeah. You know? I was just thinking the same thing. And then he, he, you basically kind of has to open up in order to get through, and then you're sort of mirroring all the collapse of the rig itself. Yeah. With like relying uh, the collapse of that sort of isolation, that's cool. Uh, would be a would be a great map. Do you feel like he is he has something that he's gotten away from? Like he's not necessarily run away from a problem, but just like he he is just, maybe he is running away from a problem on on shore or on on mainland. It might even just be as simple as uh, you know, like not 
trusting people and, and right. ready to do that. I kind of the, the the first thing I first thing I thought of when you guys were talking about that was just that the guy maybe he's sort of like bounced from job to job. Like he doesn't have this isn't like his passion or it's just not his career. It's just like another thing he took to pay the bills. Like he, he's done every job there is under the sun. Maybe, you know, he's been a day laborer. He's done these things, that thing. He's a cook, whatever. He's done tons of different, different stuff. Um, and so he's never like bothered to get to know anyone. Cause he's never there long enough. Like maybe he's only going to be there for six weeks. So he's like, oh, what's the point of getting to know these people? I'm like, I have no attachment to humans because I'm never around a group long enough to like build an attachment with them. Um, that's, that's the first thing I thought of when you guys were talking about someone who's not like emotionally attached to anyone there. And you can, there might be something you could do there where if he is that way, where he's just kind of like this guy who's just existing, um, just doesn't want responsibility. Right. I mean, he's, he's found his way into this company who has done something irresponsible and his apathy has sort of, you know, he, he has gotten them there anyway. Do you know what I mean? So there's, there could be at least some sort of element of redemption, like in terms of the character. It's it's a little bit more tricky in a video game, I think, to like have the player feel that, and in, in this sort of game especially. But well, the kind of the way that Isaac in Dead Space just is there to do a job, you know? and I kind of like it in the second one where he talks more. He talks mm-hmm. a little too much in the second one, but like he has an opinion. Like someone's telling him to do something, he's like, yeah, 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 fine, fuck. Well, that's the way you get it across. I mean, I feel like the gameplay is the point, right? The gameplay is uh, the thing that is actually going to be, you know, that sort of symbolic. You're going to be doing that as the player. Sure. So you're using the character and the character speaking how they speak to highlight that isolation being changed and, and destroyed, kind of like that idea of like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this to myself. And you also carry that with you, that, that not most of the characters play don't trust you completely. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so that's you cool, can't yeah. rely. Like, so if you tell them to do something, you're like, why the fuck would I listen to you? Yeah, or like, they don't, you have to go, they, they have, you they, have to prove yourself to yeah, yeah, by doing things, things right, which exactly. is kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Or else meet the wrath of the, the crew. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I like that. So is it third? Is it like Dead Space, like third person over the shoulder cam, or I, first I would person? I think so, um, but I don't. I mean, it's I more feels, expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I it mean, feels I, like the one that what it fits the most, just from yeah. all the examples we've given. Well, and I think uh, I think you could get like set pieces work better that way. Like I, I don't think they work as well in first person. It gets disorienting, confusing. Yeah, yeah. Unless you pull the camera control. Yeah, yeah. And if we're talking about there being a big element, I would definitely say third person. As cool as our, there's some cool set pieces in like Halo, but I definitely lose my sense of geography and stuff, and it does. Yeah, it does hurt the the gameplay. You know? Plus, yeah, you get a, you get a, a better idea of scale if we're going to do big gigantic monsters and stuff. If you are in third person, right? Too, so. Right. I always love uh, like the, the one the one thing there's a Resident Evil Seven does a couple of great. Uh, be, uh, sequences where um, they sort of take control of the camera, but you can still act, you can still act and do some stuff. Like uh, there's a, there's a scene early on where you know you get stabbed in the hand with a screwdriver, yeah. and the screwdriver it's, it's pinned to the wall, and you just reach up to try and pull it out, and that's just like a simple thing, yeah. you know. But there's something going on in the background. Uh, I don't want to spoil it because it's great, but like the. It it builds so well and it gets timed out so well and uh, you're trying to, you're trying to look at both things at once. You're, yeah, you're like exactly. scared of what's happening in the background, but you're also trying to get a fucking screwdriver out of your hand. Yeah, and like set pieces built that way, I think would be very 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 Cloverfield. You know, feel it, it feel like um, you know that one's fake. I'd prefer to not make it fake. Uh, but but like this, it, it feels like it would be like 
there's unique opportunities to kind of do interesting new kind of stuff rather than just you got grabbed, shoot the thing, and let go of yourself. Right. Get yourself out of it, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. I think there are other things we could do with it. Weirdly, to keep another sort of place to mine ideas from is I think keep thinking of the movie Gravity. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just such a clear. That's almost like a video game, that, that movie, because it's such a clear, just don't die. Don't die. That's like her yeah, that's your one Survive. goal. Yeah. That's her one goal. So, like, kind of building sequences like that. It's just, this is happening. Work your way through it. Do you right, know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, totally. And kind of would help us not so much rely on, like, fighting mechanics. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, as the place falls apart, we happen to be in the middle of those pieces sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, and then we're sort surviv- of, it's kind of like the train sequence in Uncharted 2. The, the train's falling off the edge. You got to get up there before it does. Right. You know. Yeah. You're not going to stop the train from going over the edge. Yeah. yeah. And that is very AAA. And I think, like that, that's that's where this kind of thing is moving. I think. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's becoming a really cool, seamless transition between movies and video games, and I think like this is actually pretty right property for that. Yeah. I because agree. of the. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I like that. I think it's a really good example of a AAA game. I think it fits really well. I th- we did it, everyone. Did it. Ship it. Someone give us a lot how many millions of dollars to this game. <laughs> it's only three of us. You know, we yeah. hire, we yeah. just hire 150 more people. I'm sure we'll solve those problems. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We love you very much. <laughs> okay. That's I can't speak for everyone. I can speak for myself, and I love. I mean, all you of did. You. you already did. It's done. You can't speak for everyone. You can speak to everyone. Everyone, I love you with love. Wow, that was terrible. I love it. Cool. Thanks for joining us. That's our Cloverfield AAA game. Next episode, we will be taking the indie game Inside and turning it into a feature film. See you then. Storied is Sean Ainsworth, Chris Webber, and Harrison Pink. And our music, as always, is by the amazing Jared Emerson Johnson. Thank you for listening.